Welcome to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. In this podcast, financial planner Peter Raskin helps families and business owners understand and prepare for their wealth journey. Along the way, thoughtful and detailed planning can provide clarity and confidence as clients confront a multitude of financial decisions. Listen in as Peter shares stories and insight into people's wealth journeys. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Hello and welcome to Wealth is in the Details with Peter Raskin from Raskin Planning Group. Today, the podcast is entitled, Focus on the Controllable. Good morning, Peter. How are you? I'm great, Eric. How are you? Doing fantastic. We are well into 2019 now, and uh, I think this is a great title, Focus on the Controllable, because the things that are out of our control, well, that's just it. They're out of our control. There's nothing we can do about it. So what brought on this podcast today? Well, we're often talking to clients about their financial goals, and they always focus on on the question, do I have enough money to retire? Mm Mm-hmm. Are they on target? Are they saving enough? Are they doing okay relative to others? And our response is, we don't really know. (laughs) We don't know until we really understand their goals. Yeah, And and their goals should be focused on what are they spending now and how much will they spend in retirement? That's the object of this podcast is focus on the controllable and the controllable to me are living expenses. Mm -hmm. So we have clients that have plenty of assets to meet their goals through age 100. And then we've got other clients that have four or five times as much and aren't able to meet their goals. And it's really all about their spending. Yeah. I mean, the lifestyle plays a huge part in it. And each person is going to be different on what they truly want to do for those last 30, 40, 50 years. Exactly. And I think it's also important to stress that I think it's really difficult to invest your way out of excessive spending. Mm-hmm. And so investing isn't necessarily the, the solution for those clients that are 50 plus, those that are close to retirement, just because investment returns are just too unpredictable. Yeah. They, the clients will have to take on too much risk and those higher returns may or may not take place. Clients could be disappointed. It may work out just fine, but it's a definite gamble. And really, do you really want to go to, to a casino to help you meet your retirement objectives? Most of our clients say no. Yeah, love the buffet, but that's about the only thing that I'll do at a casino. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. Yeah. <laughs> so the whole idea of comprehensive planning and the process is to answer that question, can we meet our objectives now and in the future? In order to answer that question, we just have to build a financial model, a projection that looks right now at your current situation and then projects that circumstance into the future. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's an attempt to gauge if you're on the right path. And the analogy I use is crossing the ocean in a boat. We know the direction we want to go, at least we think we do, mm-hmm. and we need to make certain assumptions about winds, currents, and weather. And if you're the captain of this ship, I think you'll be spending a lot of your time reassessing those variables on a constant basis to make sure you're headed in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. And in today's world, this ship is loaded with lots of sophisticated technology like GPS, weather weather software that's going to help you track weather. And that really helps guide you. 
just like in your personal situation, if you're the steward of your family's financial future, you probably want to do the same thing. Are you heading in the right direction? Mm -hmm. Think about your financial plan as the roadmap that helps you do this kind of analysis. And the planner, that's us, is your guide. And our job is to look at all those variables, use technology to help us with the analysis. And for the personal client, the personal situation, the variables are really assets, liabilities, future income, future expenses. And we start this process by trying to understand your wealth and your resources. Yeah, I mean, this, I mean if the people that were on the Titanic had the technology and the skills that you have today, Peter, as far as how you help guide people, that iceberg would have been very easy to see and avoid, you know, all the different things that you can use to avoid those things is, is fantastic. So I think that's a great analogy. Yeah. We, you try to avoid those, those icebergs mm -hmm. wherever possible. Yeah. So the first question is, you know, what are those assets, your stocks, your bonds, your retirement accounts, your real estate, your collectibles like artwork and stamp collections. And then if you're a business owner, what are your business interests? Mm -hmm. So once we understand those financial assets, we then take a look at your earned and unearned income. Mm -hmm. so what are your expected inflows? Your salary, your bonuses, your inheritances. Are you counting on lottery earnings? <laughs> hopefully not. Hopefully not. Will you be selling a business? So those to me count as your inflows. And in general, I think it's really hard to have a great deal of control around these variables. Just like we can't control winds, currents, and weather, it's kind of hard to control salary and bonuses, inheritances, asset values as they move up and down with markets. And it's not that decisions we make influence these variables, but there's only so much we can do about them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if, you're, if your chosen profession is a social worker, your income probably is going to be, is probably going to be capped. You know, mm. you're just not going to make the same sort of income that a heart surgeon makes. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're investing in the stock and the bond markets, uh, your weekly, your monthly, your annual returns are for the most part determined by the markets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's some skill that can make a difference. But in the long run, the big driver are, are just markets in general. Yeah. When I look at the situation where we've got these variables, to me, the most important variable are the outflows those living expenses. Mm -hmm. And these are the things that we can control. And they frankly have the most influence on our long-term plan. Mm -hmm. So if that's the case, let's spend most of our time trying to understand those outflows. And that's where our energy should be. That's where our analysis should really be focused on. Yeah, I agree. And we all know what living expenses are. And when most people think of living expenses, they think of the basic type of living expenses shelter, food, gas to get to here and there, a vehicle to be able to ride in. But what are you doing with this information as far as when, when you gather it from a client, what are you doing with the info? And then more importantly, I think, how should a client or a prospect that comes to see you, how should they be thinking about this when it comes to helping you gather all the information you need to help them make that plan? Yeah, great question. We always start the conversation with our clients and, and really telling them that this is an I want plan. It's mm. not an I need plan. Okay. 
it should be a realistic I want plan. Yeah. (laughs) It it needs to be within reach. Yeah. But that first draft, that first model of the plan, we're just trying to see where you want to go. And is that within the realm of possibilities and reality? Mm -hmm. So we really want to capture those expenses that are likely and then predictable. Okay. So Peter, do most people know what those type of expenses are or what those things are that you're talking about? No, I would say the majority of our clients really just don't know. When we first ask them that question, do you have a good idea of your living expenses? Most of them say no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will say that some do and some know exactly how much they're spending. But I definitely say that the vast majority of our clients really don't. And most everyone underestimates how much they actually spend. Oh yeah. No, that's put me in that boat. I mean, seriously, that's something that I don't track very well. And I know that if I did, I would be surprised and a little disappointed (laughs) to be honest, disappointed in what I spent money on throughout the year that I could have said, okay, wait a second, that could have gone to a much better purpose than that. Whether it's my future or helping somebody else out, I didn't need to spend that much on that stuff. And I know you've, and I talked about that in a previous podcast with, I think a sandwich chips and Starbucks or something, but those expenses, we just don't know about a lot of times. Yeah. So that's our experience. It's kind of like that slow leak Mm -hmm. um, from your drain or gas leak. Uh, It does make a difference over time. Yeah. We did a whole podcast on behavioral economics Mm -hmm. a while back. And the basis of that podcast is that human beings really don't always make the most rational decisions when it comes to economics and financial behaviors. And the rational human being would really focus on these things each and every day. But the reality is, is that they don't. People aren't always rational. They're human beings. And it takes a lot of time. (laughs) It it takes a lot of time. I would say it takes more thought than time in today's world. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk a little bit about that at the end of the podcast. But it is possible to track your expenses and to be thinking about that carefully. It's our job as the planner to help our clients through this process. Mm -hmm. What we don't want to do is make our clients feel inadequate and really bad about it. We don't want them to beat themselves up that they don't know. You know, join the crowd. Most people really don't know. Yeah. So I take the approach that planning is a multi-year process that perfect is the enemy of good when it comes to planning. Because if you're trying to get the perfect number, you're trying to get the most accurate living expenses and predictions and projections, the reality is is that you'll never do it. You'll never get there. Mm -hmm. So the reality of planning for most of our clients is, especially in that first year, we're trying to, to generate a plan, a model that's really good enough and uses assumptions that are reasonable. Each and every year as we're updating their plan, these assumptions get better and more Mm fine-tuned. So we don't wait until we get perfect assumptions now, because if we do, we'll never complete the plan. And not doing the plan is probably the worst thing that we can do. Mm -hmm. It's this balancing act between getting a reasonable plan in place now and then revising it on an ongoing basis. And I think that's really the, the key. Yeah. So Peter, knowing your expenses, your living expenses is incredibly important, obviously is what it sounds like to me. And I already know that for myself. How does a client 
or how do we begin to estimate our living expenses or guesstimate in some cases? Sure. The first thing that we do is talk to our clients about those expenses that are not discretionary. These are those expenses that just don't go away. Mm -hmm. They are every month like clockwork. It's our mortgage or rent. It's our property taxes, groceries, mm -hmm. utilities, subscriptions, insurance, phone, garbage collection, landscaping, yep. you know, those commuting expenses, all those things that we just know are going to be there. Mm -hmm. And I would say having people just give it some thought, they're pretty good about those bills. They kind of know what their phone charges each month. They know on average their oil and fuel costs are. That's my experience. Yeah. So given some prompting, they're pretty good with those non-discretionary expenses. So then we move into those expenses that are discretionary. Those entertainment, the dining out expenses, mm -hmm, travel, mm -hmm. gifts, charity. Here I'd say people are a bit hazier about how much they're spending you know, on an ongoing yeah. basis. But if they give it some thought and again, some more prompting, they'll have a pretty good idea. So, you know, the prompting that we might do is, you know, how many times a week do you go out to eat on average? Mm. And what do you spend typically? Yeah, we know that there'll be those special occasions where you're going to, to those more expensive restaurants and getting that extra glass of wine. Mm -hmm. So but what on average, what are you spending? How much do you typically spend on vacations and travel throughout the year? Again, it doesn't need to be exact, but what do you want? I thought I'd just describe a, a typical situation and conversation that I might have. In this case, I got John and Harry who are retiring in five years. They live on the East Coast. They have kids and grandkids in California. So they really, really want to spend time traveling to see them at least twice a year. And each trip costs about $2,500 in total. So that's just visiting the kids is $5,000 a year. And right now, and they've been doing this for a bunch of years, they take one big trip a year. That costs about $10,000. Mm. So right now, they think about their, their goals as spending about $15,000. In retirement, they kind of would like to expand that. Mm -hmm. So spending $25,000 per year on travel seems reasonable. So instead of one trip a year, they go on two big trips. Mm -hmm. So they're both in great health now. And I suggest that they, they should consider budgeting the $25,000 per year now until they're age 85. Yeah. My experience is that many clients begin traveling less after age 75 or 80 or 85. It certainly depends upon the individual. So much depends upon health and their energy levels. But I always recommend that clients travel while they're younger and in good health. Yeah, it absolutely. And it, yeah, it makes perfect sense. And if they slow down their travel at age 75 instead of 85, then you've already budgeted for it and you can reallocate that money to something else. Exactly. Yep. That's my thinking. But it's important to just have these conversations. Mm -hmm. now, what do you want and when do you want it? Yeah. In so many ways, I think of that we're like archaeologists trying to un uncover the past when we're looking at our clients' budgeting. Mm -hmm. uh, so by looking at the past and studying it, we're trying to understand their todays, but also their tomorrows. Mm -hmm. So we'll try to discover more information from them. We'll look at pay stubs. We'll look at tax returns. And this shows really how much they're giving to charity and how much they're paying property taxes and other taxes as well. 
in these conversations, I'd say I, I often have a pretty good sense when a client's underestimating their expenses. I see this especially when clients have a pretty good income, but have very little saved in non-retirement accounts. Mm-hmm. And maybe they'll even have some outstanding credit card debt. So I see that. I say, well, maybe you're spending a little bit more than what you think you might be. Mm-hmm. So you're telling us your income is X, your living expenses are Y, but that means you should have Z available to save. And where is it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I often tell them that they often tell me that they didn't save that last year because of a big one-time expense that just won't happen again. Mm-hmm. Except that big one-time expense happens every year. Mm-hmm. So it's just a different expense every year. Maybe it's the new kitchen, the landscaping project, the new car, the wedding, or maybe it's helping a child who, who's unemployed or underemployed or going through a divorce. It just seems like there's always something yeah. for a lot of these families. Now, you hit right to the heart of things with me, Peter, because right now I am redoing an entire kitchen and redoing hardwood floors. I have a second house that there was a lot of damage, so we pulled the carpet out, and the original hardwood floors from 1903 are in there. So I'm redoing the hardwood floors. I'm so excited about it. What I'm not excited about is the cost of what it's going to cost me to do the kitchen and then those and then the house that I currently live in. We have projects lined up. So how do you help people realize that there are going to be other things, these these big expenses that aren't just the one-time expenses that happened that last year, that they're going to be ongoing? Yeah, this is hard. We call these non-recurring expenses, which are often recurring. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) They're typically unplanned. So people typically don't have that long list. Mm -hmm. They just, in their mind... They're thinking about what they want, but these things make a huge difference in the planning assumptions. So again, part of the discovery uh, working with a client is asking them, well, what about housing projects? You don't have anything planned right now, but what do you really want? We have to dig a little deeper to find that information. Mm -hmm. What about the new windows or the new roof or the new hardwood floors, like you mentioned? What about that master bath after the college expenses are taken care of? Will that kind of pop up to a priority? Mm-hmm. So we even talk about those things that are are likely to happen, but are, are really unplanned right now, like a wedding for a child mm-hmm. or other celebrations in their cash flow planning. Might they have parents or siblings that need financial support? Are their kids living on the financial edge of independence? What happens if there's a hiccup there? Will they bail them out? Yeah. Uh, So these are cash flow liabilities that are out there. We want to capture them some way, somehow. We want to have that discussion. Mm -hmm. We want to include new car purchases. You know, people buy new cars. They lease, they may lease cars forever, but then we should add that to the cash flow. If they're buying a new car every five to 10 years, we should add that to the cash flow. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to look at both planned and unplanned Uh, but probable expenses in your cash flow. Yeah. Let me talk for a few minutes about budgeting for those that have second homes. You mentioned that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I see this as a huge cash flow item for a lot of families, and they just haven't really accounted for it. I would say, and well, I should ask you, do you often spend more on your second home than you ever imagined you would? Right now, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Right now I do. 
Yeah. You know, second homes are often the same expense of, of home ownership and maybe some extras. Do you need to hire an additional caretaker? Uh, is insurance more expensive because you're on the water? Mm-hmm. Are property taxes more because you're living, you know, in a different state? So we try to categorize those second home expenses separate from your other expenses. And we think it helps you make decisions. Mm -hmm. So will this second residence be sold when you're in your 80s if you need to go into assistant living, for example? Will your children be able to afford those ongoing expenses of the property? Many kids really say they want to continue enjoying this property, but they may not be able to afford those expenses when the uh, parents pass away. Mm -hmm. So it's a really important thing to have important discussion to have with the kids. Is this how they should be spending their inheritance? Yeah. Peter, you wrote a white paper, and I know that it's on your website for people to access. It's five challenges when planning your wealth journey. And you talk about contingency planning. How does contingency planning affect clients when it comes to budgeting? Yeah, we ask clients to take this contingency plan exercise. And it's an attempt to help determine if we should consider adding additional unplanned expenses or contingencies to their plan. Mm-hmm. Now, how likely is this event, let's say a job loss or a business failure, a divorce or a disability? And what's the possible outcome if this event occurs? Mm-hmm. Can you live with that outcome? And how important is that you plan for this risk? And finally, what actions might you take to mitigate the risk? Again, we just want to have that discussion. We may or may not want to add potential contingency or risk to your plan, but maybe we want to model it separately. If X happens or doesn't happen, we've included it. Mm -hmm. Are you okay? We test the plan. We don't want to have a crystal ball. We don't want to try to predict what's going to happen, but we want to just think about the probability of these things happening and how it might affect you. Yeah, and that makes perfect sense. So now that we've done all this hard work and figured out potential future living expenses and what we want to do in in these formative years, what's next? Yeah, once we've understood your cash flow, your inflows and outflows, we're really able to determine if you're able to meet your goals. Mm -hmm. So we then are able to answer the question whether you'll be okay or not. And if you are, can you spend more? Or if not, maybe you should spend less. Mm -hmm. Uh, Should you save more or less? Can you give more to your kids or to charity? Should you reduce your living expenses now or maybe in the future? What feels right? What do you want to do? So it's it's that conversation about, okay, we've reached a conclusion with the current plan and the current model, Mm -hmm. but how might we change it? How might we adjust it to help you get to where you want to go in the most effective way? So this is really the starting place for developing the plan. And from there, once we've understood where where you are and where you want to go, we then look at more technical solutions and strategies to really maximize the efficiency of your planning. And we'll talk about those in future podcasts. So more to come. Nice, nice. I spoke earlier that I'm one of those people that doesn't track their expenses very, very well. So is there any technology that helps your clients or that you can point people to that will help them track those expenses and and be more accurate on their monthly statements? Yeah. For those clients that really want to roll up their sleeves and get into it, there are just some really simple and 
elegant online tools that really anyone can utilize to track these outflows. You will need to be comfortable using your bank and credit card online tools. So you do have to have a comfort level going online and accessing this information, but it's not hard. Um, So once you've done that, you can connect your banking accounts, your credit card accounts to your chosen software. And really it can do most of the work for you on an ongoing basis. I know we offer this tool on on the Raskin Planning Group's wealth management website, and we can help you set it up and we help you manage it. It really, once you're up and running doing it, it, you only would really want to commit, you know, 10 to 20 minutes a week to keep things updated. So it's not not really that much time if you do it right the first time. And that's where we come in. We, We really help you do it. So it's doable. It's not hard. You just have to really want to do it on an ongoing basis. And to me, for many of our clients, it gives them it gives them that sense of control. Mm-hmm. And that makes such a huge difference to their financial well-being. Yeah, absolutely. Do me a favor and just tell us the website so people can go and, and check it out. Yeah, it's uh, raskinplanning.com. Fantastic. Anything else for today? That's it, Eric. I look forward to speaking to you soon again. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was a great podcast. Thank you, Peter, so much for your time. Thank you. All right. And thank you all for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast with Peter Raskin. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Peter comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This will make it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And if you're listening to this and you have adult children that could use a little bit of help managing their expenses and you as mom or dad can't really say, Hey, how are you doing on your budget? Hey, how much are you spending? Hey, how are you saving? Just let them listen to this podcast. Let them know that this is available and this is out there and then they can engage Peter and his team on their own and really start to get a handle on what they're doing and set themselves up early in their career. I know that if I could go back and talk to my 25-year-old self, I would have kicked my butt a little bit more. So again, share this podcast. We'd love that. And thanks again for listening today. For everyone at Raskin Planning Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Peter Raskin is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Securities offered through Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation, a broker, dealer, member SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Sagemark Consulting, a division of Lincoln Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Insurance offered through Lincoln Affiliates and other fine companies. Raskin Planning Group is not an affiliate of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You may want to consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances.